From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., State Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald joined the chorus of rebukes last week of President Trump's likening the impeachment probe to a lynching. Fitzgerald called lynching a terrible word and said he would never use that word. Instead, he called the impeachment probe a political witch hunt. Fitzgerald is running to replace Republican Congressman Jim Sensenbrenner, who is retiring in 2020. Fitzgerald has never rebuked Trump. In fact, his campaign website describes him as one of Trump's earliest and most loyal endorsers in 2016, sticking with Trump even as others abandoned him. So why is Fitzgerald breaking with the other loyalists now? And what do you think voters in this heavily Republican congressional district uh, think of his remarks? Scott Fitzgerald has kind of indicated before he loves the president's policies. He's on board, but occasionally has issues with his tactics. So this is kind of consistent with that. Plus, Scott Fitzgerald, because he has been on the Trump train, as he called it, in 2016 for a long time, he's got certain credibility with Trump supporters. So he's at any risk of alienating people over this because, quite frankly, there are lots of Trump supporters who don't like what the president has to say or the things he tweets out. So I don't see from talking to people there's a big risk to Fitzgerald over this. Um, you know, I've looked at the president's approval numbers among Republicans in the district. It's quite high. And again, Fitzgerald has credibility with those voters, so I don't see any big risk for him in just kind of chiding the, the president over his his language, but not the substance, which is that this is a witch hunt and backing him on that that front. In addition to these comments, Fitzgerald made some others last week regarding President Trump. He said attempting to impeach Trump will only bolster his support among Republican voters and ensure he'll win Wisconsin. Fitzgerald says he thinks support for Trump in Wisconsin is stronger than it was in 2016. What do you make of these comments? Well, let's read the Marquette poll. Uh, there are new numbers out last week. And what's been remarkable is the president's numbers are fairly inelastic. They don't really move. Um, he's been right in the ballpark of 44, 45, 46 percent approves his job performance, 51, 52, 53 disapprove. It, it doesn't move a whole lot. And so I've asked people about this. The response that I've gotten is that the president has a pretty hardcore uh, group of supporters. The question is, if they haven't left him yet, after all the controversy we've seen for the last three years, what would make them leave him now? I'm not sure what it would be. What Fitzgerald's saying is a motivation factor. I mean, we're, our, we're a year away from the election. It is an eternity in politics. But if there is a motivation disparity, if Republicans are more motivated than Democrats, that's going to help Trump. It's the other way around, and it doesn't. And that's just what's so hard to know is with this impeachment stuff, yeah, it's going hot and heavy right now. In Washington, there's all kinds of complaints from Republicans about being unsecret. But we are in October of the off year. Um this thing could be wrapped up by Christmas. If it is, by next November, it could be a distant memory uh, for people and, and not really impact how they vote. So I, I don't know how to predict how it's going to turn out, but I don't know that we can say right now that because of how people feel in late October of 2019, they will vote this way in November of 2020. 
continuing on the topic of Scott Fitzgerald, he said last week that he will not hold hearings on bills that would require universal background checks for most gun purchases in Wisconsin and would allow judges to take away guns from people if it's determined they pose a risk. Democratic Governor Tony Evers called a special session of the Republican-controlled legislature to take up the measures, but Fitzgerald says he'll call the session and then immediately adjourn it. He says the support is not there to tackle these two issues. Are you surprised that he's going to gavel in and gavel out? And does this happen often? Um, there are some people who have questioned if that's the best way to go about it, because, you know, there's a risk for everybody on both sides when it comes to these gun issues. For Republicans, if something, heaven forbid, happens between now and, and next fall, that could have been prevented by either of these bills. You didn't pay them any uh, even lip service. That could be a tough, difficult question to answer from voters next fall, but Republicans don't feel that that's going to be the case. Um, so, you know, just you just have to watch how the discussion goes because for Republicans, you know, I've asked them, why don't you guys, you know, worried at all about these bills when the Marquette University Law School poll consistently finds like 80% of voters approve of them. And the answer has been that, yeah, they're popular, but they're not driving issues back home in our district. So they're not too worried about that. For Democrats, one of their worries is that if this discussion about guns goes beyond these very popular bills and things like mandatory buyback programs for assault weapons, which are not popular, then they end up alienating people who they need to win to win back rural uh, assembly seats next fall. So it's kind of something to watch. But for Republicans right now, they just they don't think this issue is really driving people. And so they're not worried about how they approach it coming back to bite them next fall. Moving on to another topic, the Wisconsin Supreme Court heard oral arguments last week in a lawsuit that a coalition of unions brought against the lame duck laws. The legislature passed the laws last December, right after Governor Evers was elected and before he was sworn in. The law aims to limit Evers and Attorney General Josh Call's powers, and it's not the first lawsuit that's been filed. So what rulings have there been so far and what's the status of the remaining lawsuits? Uh, this is the fourth legal action we've seen out of the December extraordinary session. The first was a challenge to new restrictions on early in-person absentee voting. Those were struck down by a federal judge in January. Um, secondly, we had the state Supreme Court already rule in a case that basically challenged the lame duck session actions by saying that the legislature improperly met in December. And because it improperly met, all the actions were void. State Supreme Court overruled. Uh, that argument and said, no, we're not going to referee or dictate the legislature when it's going to meet. The third was a federal lawsuit raising First Amendment issues about uh, the actions taken. A federal judge said, look, this belongs to state court, not federal court. We're not going to deal with it here. And this is the fourth and final of those challenges to the lame duck session. And this one's about a separation of powers issue. It's a little bit unique from the other ones. And so this is going to be the likely definitive word about whether these laws are going to stand or if they're going to be struck down. And finally, Milwaukee Mayor Tom Barrett is inviting President Trump to host next year's G7 summit in Milwaukee. This after Trump dropped plans to hold the meeting at his resort in Florida amidst a massive public backlash. Barrett pointed out in his letter to Trump that a G7 meeting has never been held in the Midwest, and it would be an opportunity to showcase a, quote, Great Lake city that is growing in this strong economy. The G7 summit is scheduled for next June. 
about a month before Milwaukee hosts the Democratic National Convention. So what do you think are the chances that Trump will take the mayor up on his offer? I really don't have a good answer for that. I'm sure there are lots of cities that are vying for that opportunity to have the G7, but for Milwaukee, why not go for broke? You've already got the National Convention coming in later on that summer. Uh, it's a chance to keep highlighting the city, which is, you know, seen as an opportunity to market itself nationally, the more attractive place to go visit. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.